What's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind podcast, episode 165 on creative ways to becoming a more versatile content writer. Today, we have the woman of the hour, Ms. Jacqueline T. Hill, who is a self-published author, a nonfiction book profits expert. That just sounds so fancy. I can't wait to talk about this. And number three is a content writing coach and mentor. And Jacqueline, as I mentioned to you, I'm super excited to have this conversation because just from, you know, following your journey and ever since I started following you in general, I just kind of, you know, waking up out of this trance that I myself have been in, you know, um, being a self-published author, I just kind of took the backseat and let my book just kind of take a life of its own and just right. hey I, I wrote it the hard part was done let just let it do and in right. the beginning I was promoting it but after starting other endeavors like getting into real estate starting the podcast I just kind of took a back seat and uh, ever since I started following you I started you know coming up with some more creative ways that I can just at least bring the awareness of you know, writing a book and, and the things that I talk about in there. So I want to say thank you in advance you know for, for just kind of following some of your tips. I know that our millionaires are going to, you know, get some tips and maybe even get re-inspired and inspired uh, from our conversations today. And I'm just super excited to dive in. So if you could, you know, I want to pass the mic off to you to tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and, you know, what they can expect to hear from today's episode. Sure, absolutely. So I am Jacqueline T. Hill. Um, I have, I would say, two or three full-time jobs. And one might ask, what does that mean? Well, I'll explain um, by day. I am a principal at a middle school, <laughs> and I'm also a full-time writer. I say full-time because I do love writing. That's just who I am, um, and I, I'm also a content writing coach, and then I also help those authors and those writers because there is a small difference between the two, um, authors mm-hmm. and writers. Um, I help both with their marketing and to ensure that they get in front of more readers and make some sales from their readers. Awesome. I love it. And I'm super, I'm super excited to really dive into today's, uh, just today's conversation in general, just because of my experiences. I've had people come up to me just kind of asking to pick my brain on, you know, how I started the process and, you know, me, you know, only have written one book, you know, I would just love to have you know, the, the, the mind and the expertise of someone who has done this several times over, over and over and over again. So I'm glad to have you. Thanks for taking time out of your evening to join us and our millionaires are are in for a good treat. So welcome to the million dollar mind podcast, the number one passion attraction podcast in the world. Thanks to each and every single one of our millionaires that tune in week in and week out. This is the only place, right, for tips and tricks on living a more passionate life and identifying opportunities to make a living while living your dream. So let, let's start off with your, your beginning, the beginning of your journey, Jacqueline. Like, where did this journey of you starting as a writer, how did it, you know, take shape? How did it, you know, kind of manifest itself into, you know, the person that you are right now and the coach and the mentor that you are? Well, it started from um, a place of pain. I think many writers and authors can identify with that. And I mean that seriously um, in that I was picked on um, from my college professors uh, Mm -hmm. during uh, time. That time I was in a remedial writing class uh, because my writing was not at the collegiate level. And uh, my professor 
would write, send us, give us topics about Paris and I might be writing about Japan. And those were her literal words. And um, I found it very difficult to even write my papers mm. at college. I did not feel adequately prepared from school, from high school, even middle school. Um, and that didn't mean I wasn't a writer. I just was not explained the right way, the writing process. And I'm saying the right way because I believe there is a writing process to get anything written. It can be an essay, it could be a blog, and definitely it can be your book. There Mm -hmm. is a writing process involved. And having um, been a teacher after all of that, um, through my weaknesses, through my pains of writing and learning the writing process itself, um, I believe it's through Parker J. Palmer's book, The Courage to Teach. He said, we are who we teach. So I ended up being that teacher to students who could not write. And I Mm. ended up becoming an English writing major, learning the craft of writing, understanding writing. And then at home, I would just journal um, and no one could judge my journaling. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, if I wanted to be like Bell Hooks, who's one of my favorite authors, by the way, uh, she she purposely writes her name in all lowercase letters. If I wanted to write my journal in all lowercase letters and it'd be, you know, grammatically incorrect, um, wrong spelling, (laughs) um, comma splices, you name it. No one could judge me. So it was through that pain and even just journaling. I learned how to just get my thoughts on the page and that connects me to being a writing coach. Now, most people just have difficulty getting their thoughts on the page. You know, how Mm -hmm. do I transfer what's in my mind to the paper? And um, I just, through inspiration, came up with a writing process, not only in college, but for my books through all of that. And it just took the writing practice itself of just getting words to the page. And then the writing process came. Yeah. And, and I have so many questions about, about that bit. And what do you think is like the most, like, where do people, what experiences do people have or where do they go wrong to where it becomes so difficult to get those thoughts on the page? Like, is it like um, self-doubt, imposter syndrome? What, what what do you think it is just kind of from your experiences now? I think it is um, self-doubt. And it's interesting that you mentioned this new buzzword imposter syndrome, because I had to ghostwrite an article, mm. or should I say a book, for a very prominent client of mine's on imposter syndrome. So um, a lot of imposter syndrome comes from what others have put into our minds, you know, those influences, and that really begins with family. And we mm. get in imposter syndrome says we can't do it. There is a lot of self-doubt, you know, and because of that, then we talk about fear, you know, and fear is really the root of self-doubt and uh, that becomes paralysis. So we're paralyzed. How do I fight through the fear, get through the imposter imposter syndrome, and then still write what I feel like someone needs to hear, my readers need to hear, or people need to hear. We fight and wrestle with all of that. And the way you get your breakthrough, I really, I recommend coaching. And if you can't afford coaching, then I recommend an accountability part. Find someone you can talk to, to bust through those fears, bust through those self-doubts, and then read books. If you can't afford a coach or an expert, read books 
on the writing process. I mean, there are very prominent authors who I, I highly recommend. Uh, Craig Martell is one of them, you know, 50 books to, I think it's 50,000 or 20K. You know, he has great books just on the writing process itself, how to get those thoughts from your head to the paper, you know, but yes, self-doubt is definitely one. And I was one of those who was a doubter, you know, no one's going to, and then you have thoughts like who wants to read, you know, is it boring, you know? And so from that, and I don't want to get ahead of um, your questions, but then I go into teaching my clients how to research the market. And then aligning what they want to say to the market. And then that helps the book to sell. Yeah, no, that that's that's a great transition because um, I do. I had that fear when I first started is like, OK, I'm entering this new age of technology where you have so many people who are transitioning to podcasting and, you know, you know. reels and all these kind of things nowadays. TikToks um, to where you have that fear that there are not enough people who are reading books like that anymore. Um, so if you could, if you could kind of shed light to those that are having those same fears, you know, what is the market looking like? And if it is, it, that's very general because it's a different market for different genres, of course, sure. but what does the market look like for readers nowadays? Where are, you know, where, where does the, I'm trying to figure out the best way to put it. Where does the um, the 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 path lead to new writers and even new readers out there uh, as far as where books and the printed page, the direction that's going? Sure. Um, if we're talking about nonfiction, I would definitely say self-development is mm-hmm. help are your big ones. Uh, if it's nonfiction, even for business, how to's. At the end of the day, people want to know how to market, advertise, and essentially make a living so that they can have freedom, a lifestyle Mm -hmm. of freedom. And -hmm. those are the markets that you want to definitely get into. If we're talking about fiction writers, definitely any subgenre of fantasy and romance. Those are your two top (laughs) in fiction. Um, contemporary romance and there are other types of romances you know and and then again this is what I show my clients when I work with them we we dig deep you know Uh, definitely use Amazon it's a search engine do your Mm -hmm. research beforehand who are your top uh, self-development I'm going back to nonfiction now who are your top self-development or self-help writers what are they writing about what are those readers saying in the comments readers talk they talk. Mm-hmm. You got to read for it. And it's important to do that research, see what they're saying in those comments. And then, you know what, what resonates with you? Because whatever resonates with you, that's what's going to help you write your book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and just from you bringing up that, that, um, that method of research with looking in the comments, they even brought me an idea of like, going to where people like to talk the most also, which is like Facebook. Yes. And you know, asking for book recommendations and what people liked about that that book and right. all kinds of different ways to kind of just do the market research before jumping out there and, you know, pouring your time, your energy and effort into writing something to just have that thought in the back of your mind. Well, is somebody really going to read this? So right. I can see how you kind of build up that confidence doing the research before like, no, people really love reading about this type of stuff. And I feel like I'm really strong at writing about this type of stuff. So let's get it. Yeah. Okay. 
there you go. That's, that's, I mean, that's really, and I've had authors come to me um, and they've even had to reset and let me mm-hmm. be transparent. I've had to reset, you know, my, uh, uh, my, my romance books that are out, they did not align with the market initially. Mm. I changed the covers. Wow. I was going to ask, did you like rewrite it or how did you go? I didn't have to change the story because Mm -hmm. when you're online shopping, you judge a book by its cover, literally. Mm -hmm. So my cover, and I'm giving this away. I mean, it's facts. My cover did not fit the market. Mm. The moment I changed it, my sales went up. My poetry book, I changed it. I've changed the cover three times. And I want to say this to authors, um, fiction or nonfiction, it's okay to reset. If you're self-published, it's okay to change your covers. I've had to change my book description or a book blurb 10 times because that's actually what's selling your book. It's okay. And those are the things you have to look for analytically. Why? You know, analytically, you have to look at your data why isn't your and so the first thing I do we dive into why the book is not converting into sales well let's look at your cover let's look at your book description if it's not resonating with the audience they're going to keep going mm-hmm. you know and I'm being very transparent I've had to change my book covers change my book descriptions at least 10 or 15 times and then when I got it like my forgiving you book is still selling without me having to push it that's when you know the cover and the book description is on point. That's a that's a blessing. Congrats, congrats on that. And is there <laughs> is, is there you. is there also like a um like a science or process for like identifying what that cover looks like? In in this the part two to that question is is when is it appropriate to put especially as a new author? When is it appropriate to put your face? on the cover um or should your first book not ever or should it rarely have your face on the cover because i know we it's our ego and we feel like people have to know why i wrote this book even if my picture's on the back i gotta be on the front too uh is is that appropriate and in uh just analytically does it work out in in most people's favor it depends if you're trying to what who who are you branding if you're Mm -hmm. the brand and your market has other books with the face of that author on it. You want to follow it. Mm. If you just see text, go with text. If you just see a graphic, go with a graphic. And that's where the research comes. Because even when you do your research, sometimes, and this is going to really blow your mind, sometimes you will see that mixture of the face and then just text. And then what do you do there? So here's a tip, look at or go by the amount of reviews. And I usually, my standard, if there are over 300 or 500 reviews, then that's probably the book I want to lean towards. That's Mm. the cover I want to lean towards. That makes a, that makes a lot of sense. It's just more so looking for trends and, and following the wave. I I think, uh, I think that's the key. It's, it's just following the wave and not trying to always create a new wave. Uh, especially right. if you're looking for that instant gratification that most of us are looking for and right. not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, but if, if that is what you're looking for, then trying to do something totally new and totally, 
you know, out, mm-hmm. out of the way may not be what you want to do if you're looking for that instant gratification. Exactly. And um, I mean, there's a client that I have now too. Uh, she came with me with, with one of her books and it was the cover. And uh, when we changed her cover, I promise you her conversions went up by over 292%. Mm. And is she like actively pushing it, creating funnels and stuff like that too? I helped her do that. We, and that's how we got it there. But now it's floating by itself. Mm. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. It's just, I just never really thought about that. And so yeah. when, when do you, when do you know that it's time for a reset and what is the best way to, to go about the reset? Cause like, uh, for me, I, I, I just wouldn't even know where to even start or how to even identify that a reset is necessary. Maybe it's just rebranding or, or just market, just try marketing it again. But when do you know the reset is necessary? I would say you have to be consistent with promoting for at least 60 to 90 days. I would not give it 30 days. I run Facebook ads and Instagram ads, and you can't, get enough data within 30 days, unless you have a budget of about 200, $300 per day in ads. Mm. But if you're starting out small, and I know a lot of authors are opposed to ads, but really that's the way to grow right now because organic reach is just very difficult. It is. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to get more reach, you need to at least test with $5 ads, right? Um, So if let's start with a $5 per day budget, hypothetically. I would test that for about 10 days. Number one, just to see if the ad is going to (laughs) convert. And what I mean by convert, Mm click-throughs. You know, how many click, your your CTRs, how many click-throughs are you getting? Um, And if it's, if you're getting high click-throughs, keep it going. But I would definitely say within that 60, 90 days of promoting and now without paid ads, promote it on your page, promote it through social media, promote it through word of mouth push it really hard for 60 to 90 days. If you get enough buzz, you know, it's working. Whether it's by word of mouth or people commenting on your pages on social media, uh, sending you private messages through DM, your readers will talk to you. Your people will talk to you. After I would say 60, 90 days, if you, you can judge it, trust me, you'll know. You'll be like, okay, I'm not getting bite or this is going up and down too much. You know, if, if it's not consistent or constant, then you, okay, let me, let me look at my cover. Is my cover mm-hmm. really matching the market? Um, let me look at my blurb or my description. Does my description really speak to my market? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And because, you- because your description is your, is your landing page, you know, not your, or it's your sales page, mm-hmm. whether you're pushing it through a funnel or you're using that Amazon page or that BookBub page or Google Reads, your description sells your book, period. It's all selling. And, and this also goes into writing as well. <laughs> and if that's not your strength, because you mm-hmm. may just be the writer, you know, you may be good with the story matter, then outsource. I'm really serious and I've learned that, but when I didn't have the money, I had to learn how to write descriptions. Mm. I mean, let me be transparent. There were always times I didn't, I mean, there was a lot of times um, I didn't have the finances to get someone to write a book description because that's a sales page. And what that writer is saying is, yeah, you got to pay me <laughs> because 
you're going to make money from what I'm about to help you with, you know, and I had to learn it myself. That's why I rewrote it 10, 15 times until I got it, you know, but now I I understand how to do the research and I can do it, but, you know, re outsource it. And I wouldn't recommend Fiverr. I love Fiverr, but I would recommend like Upwork, you know, Upwork, you know, they're a little more reputable, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I would, I would rely on them a little more. I use Fiverr just for graphics. I'm being honest. And I was going to say the same thing. I use Fiverr for graphics, but I myself, yeah. not even using Upwork, just get a little bit more wary when it comes to like content writing. There you go. Using Fiverr. Because I just see the, I just see mm-hmm. who's mostly on Fiverr there and you what, go. Is, what the work is. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. Okay. And but, you, um, you, you mentioned ads too. And, and yeah. um, not to cut you off, Jacqueline, you, you mentioned ads mm-hmm. that also goes into a piece of writing as well how do you learn how to write as or would you also you know suggest upwork or some type of service like that if they need to outsource if they're not comfortable if authors and writers are not comfortable definitely outsource it but I learned how to write my ads and I mean what I did I spied on my competitors (laughs) that's a trick yeah (laughs) I spied on my competitors what's working for them what are they are they using long form copy mm-hmm. in their ads are they using short form uh what type of headlines are they using what type of graphics are they using you know fiction used as heavy graphics heavy nonfiction, it's more video mm. you see the difference that's a gym that's a uh-huh. gym right there uh-huh, uh-huh. Nonfiction, especially self-development, you're helping people. And that's the best way you go live and that live is working, push it as an ad. <laughs> you know? Wow. <laughs> push it. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. That uh-huh. makes a lot of sense, especially in the self-help space. I-, I could see how someone looking for a self-help book is not going to be 100 percent sold off of a picture, right? right? It's more so like, hey. I got to hear you speak. I got to see yep. what, what you actually know. I got to see how confident you are talking about this, this subject. Wow. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. So not all the time, what ads do you need to write your content? It can be a one-liner. It can be two lines. And again, we're testing, mm-hmm. you know, and people, when people work with me, I, I give them all the caveats. We go through all of that. And sometimes I have to do it and I'm okay with doing it, you know, um, because that's what I love to do. I love writing. And, you know, um, during my low moments, I had to learn how to do it, you know. Um, but I, I teach that as well. It's just, it's really simple. I, what to look for. Again, those trends. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and how did you get comfortable with that? Like, how did you get comfortable with testing, but also <laughs> testing with your dollars? Because that's not something that many people, and we had this conversation a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, someone who specializes in Facebook ads and Google ads, but like from for you with you know you kind of were testing it, so it's not like you came out of it as an expert. You didn't really go to school for it. This is like all trial and error. Mm-hmm. How did you get yourself to feel comfortable with you know investing the money while knowing, hey, this is an experiment? A lot of it is my education background because as a teacher, we're data driven. Mm-hmm. And in my, so in my mind, I'm paying for data, you know, um, and I'm okay with paying for data because I need to look at data to see data, you know, as a, I mean, put my principal hat on if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Data drives a school. Right. 
you know, as a teacher, data drives my instruction. Well, as a business owner, data drives my business. And I have to know data. I have to look at data. Um, and this is why I'm a, if I can speak frankly here, um, mm-hmm. I don't understand why a lot of authors and writers have personal pages. Um, I take that back. I understand in part because you take a place like TikTok where it's really hard to grow a business because they want you to pay money. I just gave another caveat there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's easier to start off private as a private page because you're going to grow faster. I get it. But after a while, you do need a business page because your business page gives you analytics. It gives you data. If you're on Instagram, Instagram will say this post is performing very well. Boost it. And I, there's a lot of controversy around boosting, but boosting grew my business. Mm-hmm. Boosting got people to know me and I boosted for just $5 for the day, just $5 for a day. And I got follows. I got, I met new people and they helped to push my content out there just for $5, you know, but it showed me analytics, you know, it, it gave me the data that I needed. And even when a post is performing well now, when I don't boost it, I still can see the click-throughs, I still can see, you know, if people are interested or not, if they're not interested, I take it down. I put something else up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But that's why I, um, I'm not afraid to purchase data. If I want data for $50, I'm going to pay $50 to get me some data and I'm going to really break it down. Yeah. I love, I love to hear you break it down that way too. It's like, you're not, you're not necessarily investing in the experiment. You're investing in the results from the experiment. You're, you're learning, you're learning what you should post, what you shouldn't post. You're just getting a whole bunch of data, like you said. And when people kind of put it into perspective like that, and I I love the answer because that was more so what helped me feel a little bit more comfortable of doing the same things. It's just like, at this point, I just need to figure something out. I need to learn something because I need to reach people that I'm not reaching so I can get the answers that I'm not getting. There you go. And and so for, uh, and another thing you mentioned again was the the personal page. I think that's a, that is a sore subject for a lot of people because again, we are, some of us are entrepreneurs out here or entrepreneurs, as I like to put it, we like to do everything (laughs) ourselves. Right. And we we, we have these personal pages that we treat as toys. And me personally, I, I am not a fan of using social media as a toy. It is a a, a virtual business card. There you go. That's right. That's right. Run a business. And um, even when people, I I have a personal Facebook page and they are always tagging me and stuff. I just untag myself. First of all, you're spamming Mm -hmm. my people. Mm -hmm. It's spam. It is. And then I just feel like I really want to say, you know, grow your business the right way. I worked hard. I worked hard to get to my, you know, my, 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 my number on Facebook. I worked hard for Instagram. I work hard on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Run your business the right way. Do it the right way. Meet, meet people. I, I, I know people in New Zealand, you know, Africa. I mean, it's a beautiful experience. And these mm-hmm. are legitimate people that follow me. They're real people. You know what I mean? And right. we, we talk to each other. They inbox me, you know, because I'm personable. You know, so, <laughs> you know, run your business the right way. Yeah. And, and be and be genuine while doing it. And I think that that's what even drives wow. the traffic even more. Just yes. being yourself. Yes. And let me ask, because th- this is because I do this. Okay. I can't even count how many times. How often do you 
go on your page just to kind of look and see what it looks like try to guess what people would would feel what people would think when they go to your page for the first time how often do you do that um i'll do it three times a day because you can get caught into a rabbit hole Mm -hmm. i do it three times a day um after i meditate i meditate in the morning i do write every morning after i do that then i go in and i check and i'm not just checking to have fun or use it as a toy as you say I'm looking to see if any comments that they're spamming comments on my page. I'm looking to see if there are any any inappropriate things in the comments because that happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my brand. That's a part of my brand, you know. Um, But I'm also intentionally looking at advertisements because I do have certain pages that come through my feed and I want to see what's working and what's not working. And that's how I select the trends. Mm -hmm. And then I do post around the trends and that helps me out a lot. Awesome. Awesome. Three times a day in the morning, the afternoon and before, like not right before I go to bed, but maybe about an hour or two before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And and how do you, I guess this is where the discipline kicks in. How do you avoid, you know, now scrolling to where you like, sometimes I had to tell myself, oh no, this is for research, but (laughs) I could feel myself just kind of scrolling just like looking for something I'm looking for something but I'm not finding what I think I'm looking for and I find myself just scrolling how do you how do you separate the two because social media can even though we don't intentionally use it as a toy it can be a huge distraction so how do you limit the distractions while on it and and doing those things well before I answer limiting uh the distractions while on it I do not have any notifications to come up on my phone that's one major distraction and then it just eats up my battery and I really want to use it for business you know right um but I I do not know I don't get any notifications like when you inbox me about um our first date remember Mm -hmm. I didn't get it on my phone I had to go look at it that's why I didn't get it right away you see what I mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but so I just want to bring that in no notifications they're all turned off but secondly um when I told you I use it three times a day to check that's my intention those three times a day, that's my, I'm intentional. That's the key word. I'm intentional. In between that, I may just want to have fun. And if I feel like having fun, that's what I do. You know, I laugh. I laugh at different videos. I, I send some videos to um, some of my, my friends. You know, we have this group chat, you know, especially TikTok videos, you know. So, I mean, there's a, yeah, so I do have fun. I'm very lighthearted with it. But those three particular times of the day I'm intentional this is business that's the key word and this word comes up I would say (laughs) maybe every single episode for the last two weeks now intentional Mm -hmm. just kind of doing things with intention and uh the the one reason why I was so excited to have this conversation is because I feel like myself included so many of us kind of have these things and we we go about it accidentally it's like we're intentional when we create it but once we create it now it's kind of accidentally stumbling upon oh I got a book sale how did I do it (laughs) it was just random and it's like doing things a little bit more intentionally is what you help people out with which is great and you've you know kind of cracked the code and hacked a couple things to figure out how you can more intentionally you know push your brand out there as well which is what our millionaires are looking for, right? How to kind of do things a little bit more intentionally. Um, 
where, where, let's let's kind of dive back a little bit into your support system. What kind of support system did you have, you know, coming up first getting started? How did that play a huge role also into, you know, you coming up as a, a new writer? Uh, sure. I, I, I have to say that I had to pray for my um, support system um, because uh, coming from ed- educators, they don't understand the entrepreneurship part. Mm-hmm. And um and I was married and unfortunately my husband passed away. This may would make a year. And mm-hmm. uh, he was my biggest, my biggest support uh, to the point where he would say, babe, you need to rest your eyes. Cause I would be in it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like hours, I could just stay there. Cause I love it so much. Babe, let's take a break. Let's go out to eat. You know, let's go to the park. Let's go get some ice cream. So, he, and then he helped to push, uh, just through word of mouth, you know, he had that great influence about him. Um, and then once my, my family saw the tangible results, that's my mom was, I'm so proud of you. You know, that, that, and those mm-hmm. words were like music to my ears, you know? Um, so that's how it came. And I have to say, um, you know, I took a dip and I want to mm-hmm. say this, I do, I'm ready to talk about it. Um, I took a dip. Um, when my husband took sick and uh, passed away and mm-hmm. uh, I stopped posting. Um, but during that dip, that's when I started writing the forgive, forgiving you book, uh, the healing you book and the finding you book. I did a series and that's mm-hmm. another thing I want to suggest to nonfiction authors do a series, do a series. They sell better um, rather than standalone. Um, but I wrote, I was able to talk about a lot and really help people through that series. And um, I lost some of my um, followers, a lot of them, I should say. And then when I came back on the scene, it felt good. But those that remained and they said, I'm so glad you're back. I'm glad that you're back at helping us market. We missed you. That mm-hmm. felt great, you know, and I was like, wow, they really, but they supported me through that. And I want to say that like the readers that are with you, they will become your supporters. Right. They will. I mean, especially when you tell your story, they will become your big supporters, not just readers, but it was my family that once they saw the results, they began to understand. And I have two besties. They were there by my side all the way through, you know, they were like, Mm -hmm. girl, do your thing. We happy. We see you. You know, but my family, that's who I really wanted as my supporters. And it came, they came through eventually. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that. And um, one, thanks for sharing that, um, so that, that vulnerable moment uh, with us, Jacqueline. And sorry to hear about, you know, your, your late husband. What would you say is, well, one, I'm just really glad and, and kind of got the chills on, you know, hearing your story and how you even gave yourself that grace to, to kind of feel and, and be in that moment and, and step back and not necessarily think about the, the, the punishment. So I'm going to lose my followers. So now I got to kind of half-ass or, or, or fake putting out content. Yeah. No, I'm not in the mood. And uh, just kind of hearing your story really, uh, you know, opens it up and exposes the, the truth to a lot of other people who may be dealing with the same thing is like, it's okay to give yourself that grace and it's okay right. to give yourself hiatuses and um, identifying. I, I think that the, the, the blessing in disguise was you un- identifying the, the true supporters, the, the people who stuck 
even after the hiatus, when you come back and they're still there kind of rooting for you, waiting for you to come back. And right. that's the, that's the cooked spaghetti. That's the spaghetti that sticks to the <laughs> wall. That's my instead favorite, of just, by the way. I like spaghetti. So, <laughs> yeah. I used to love spaghetti. And I just told my mom this last month, like, she was asking why I don't eat it so much. Because she used to always cook spaghetti. And we used that's to have true. spaghetti. You know, when you cook spaghetti, you cook a lot of it. So, maybe you do, right? Like two, three days. And I'm like, okay, we got three days of spaghetti. Right. Then we have spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, I'm a little bit tired of it now. I, I'm, I'm starting to work my way back to it. I'll, I'll crave right. it every once in a while. But, right. yes. So having that that cooked spaghetti of a following is, I think, what we all strive for. And sometimes giving yourself in hiatus is what truly exposes and and identifies and highlights those people to be grateful for, uh, which I'm glad you found. Um, So surrounding a question surrounding that that support system, what advice would you give to someone? Right. Like we don't want to beg people to to support us. We we wanted to come genuine. We wanted to feel natural. We wanted to not create more stress. How can you, for people who may not have family to support them, who may not have best friends to support them, and they feel like they're doing it alone, how can they embark on a journey of finding a support group um, naturally, organically, and being able to also communicate the best way that their support group can support them? Gotcha. Well, naturally, organically, um, it's going to require he or she to be vulnerable mm-hmm. not in the way of begging as you're as you as you said I'm not proposing to beg but I am proposing um go into some book groups or some author groups or some writer groups because number one writers need writers and authors need authors just like if you're a millionaire you're around your millionaire friends right you mm-hmm. you, you find that um that one percent of people the top one percent and you're like, look, we got, I want to connect, you know, because it's lonely. It's very lonely at the top. Um, but join groups. I'm really, I'm really serious about that. And you don't have to introduce yourself right away. Get the feel of the group. See what they're posting, see what they're talking about, you know, and then um, just say when you, when they, when you're ready and you feel comfortable, because I've done this, it's okay to say, Hey, I'm looking for an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. You know, let, who, who's he, who, and you'd be surprised the responses that come from just saying, I want an accountability partner. And then you just don't know what's going to develop from that. The first step is accountability because when you're by yourself, you do have moments where you do not have the energy to do anything. And you do have moments where you feel like you don't want to write. You don't want to promote because nobody's biting the bait. Nobody's even looking at your book. I mean, all of these emotions are real and they're valid. You know, and that's why a lot of people stop. They stop writing. They stop promoting. They stop trying because of lack of support, you know? Mm -hmm. And so then when people that, when they bite the bait, I would say, interview them a little bit, have some questions ready. You know, what genre do you write in? You know, what happened to your first book? That's the way we organically make connections is through questions. You know, and there, here comes my word again. You have to be intentional about the kind of questions you want to ask. Mm-hmm. So that might Figure out what take, you want to learn first. Exactly. So that might take you sitting down to write out what you want to learn. And what do you, what are you looking for in an accountability partner? What are you willing to settle for? And what are you willing not to settle for? All of mm-hmm. that's self-reflective, you yeah. know? So I know that's going to be a little deep for some, but it's, it's real. 
Yeah, especially for our, you know, introverted people out there. Uh-huh, and exactly. me, for the longest, I, I swore up and down. I was an introvert <laughs> up until I learned about this new word called an ambivert. Oh. And I, I think I'm more so, I, I'm swaying towards, it's like the perfect balance between intro and extrovert. I was about to ask, was there, was there like um, a little bit of one and a little bit of the other? I was about to ask, mm-hmm. that. okay. Because okay. I used to, I used to self-proclaim this, oh, I'm an introvert. And then like people that really know me, like my wife and like my family members, it was like, you ain't no introvert. And I'm like, yes, yes, I am. Because <laughs> if I go to networking events, it's really hard for me to, you know, put myself out there and to like network with people, ask those questions like, oh, what brought you here? What brought you here? That's, right. that is still difficult for me. However, if someone comes up to me and they start the conversation, it's just like, I'm an open book. I'm just kind of flowing and going with the flow. So um, I I definitely get how difficult it can be and how much of a vulnerable position you have to put yourself in with networking and, you know, asking for help, asking for accountability groups, all that stuff that comes with it. Um, Would you consider yourself an introvert, extrovert or ambivert? That's a good question. I would say... there are moments I need to um, rejuvenate. Mm -hmm. I need to be quiet and just get reconnected, if you will, get grounded. Mm -hmm. My job and what I do requires me to be an extrovert. Yeah. Uh I'm leading teachers. I'm leading students. You know, uh, the community looks at me here because of who Mm -hmm. I am. So it requires me. But when I feel um, drained, then I have to have quiet time. And I'm okay with that. So I'm not sure where I would fall. What, what do you think, just from hearing that? Where do you think? I would I would definitely say you fall right in the middle like me okay. as, a, as right. an ambivert. Thank you. See, I had to ask you. Okay, there you yeah. go. There you go. So I, I just learned something about myself. I'm an am, ambivert. How do you say it? A- ambivert. Like, I think it's spelled A-M-B-I-V-E-R-T. Ambivert. Okay. Wow, yeah. Coming up with some terms, you know. Yeah, I I, I, I think I was ambivert. You know, <laughs> I was like I was like three weeks three weeks old when I found when I first heard the word. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so okay. it, it's it's um it, it's growing on me. I'm starting to see why, and you know, especially hearing your story, it, it makes sense why. If it usually comes out in people who may have started off yeah. as introverts, but yeah. we 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 crave leadership, right? So it's gotcha. like you you force yourself in these positions that require you to be extroverted right it's like as the natural leader that you are you know becoming a principal and becoming a writer that is now you know prominent and people read your book it's like you maybe not so intentionally but it's like you didn't really expect that as the result but because that's what you wanted to do it just kind of naturally formed into extrovertedness in moments Uh, which is which is how i'm starting to understand it um you know what it means um but i i do want to i do want to kind of switch gears a little bit and 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 ask a little bit about that journey into creating your your niche like once you have a niche Mm -hmm. how do you bring newness to especially in the series right in the series Mm -hmm. i get that it, it all has a similar similar concept a similar feeling but how do you bring the newness to your writings uh as you discover your niche and you you do these things like um series and things like that well the newness comes through if you're self-development or self-help type writer even a business writer 
you we we are forever evolving we're forever mm. learning new things um even when the day comes for me to do this really full-time as a writer because that is my goal um but I feel like I'm still I've got a little bit of more work to do in education if that makes sense you know mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's time for me to eject myself out of that at this time but uh, professional development what are you doing to grow yourself mm-hmm. as you grow and as you evolve you have more to share with life and the older we get to me a very solid book comes from experience right it's it's your lens you are giving advice based on your experience what works what doesn't work you know, and we're forever evolving. I'm forever becoming, and I don't want to stop. So as I become, there is freshness, there's newness, new ideas, new revelations, new understandings, you know, um, new ideologies. What I did to work through forgiveness last year, there's something different I've learned about it this year. So yeah, I may have to do a revised version of forgiving you <laughs> because I'm forever evolving and becoming in that area. Also, here's another caveat for nonfiction writers. Your other chapters may become books. That's another gem right there. <laughs> <laughs> because you may not be able to say it all in one chapter. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yes. There's the newness right there. Mm. And there's your series. <laughs> so, uh-huh. Uh-huh. My, my brain's just like, uh-huh. my mind is blown. I'm just like, <laughs> now you got me thinking like, okay, what chapters do I have that I, I know See? I wanted to talk a little bit more about? Oh, right. wow. And that's why you develop, and even through the writing process, always develop your outline first. Always. Mm-hmm. Your outline that's your data. That's going to drive your book. Mm. I wrote mine down. I didn't put it in the laptop. Now I got to find the book that I wrote it in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But that's how you develop. When you're brainstorming like that and you're, uh, you're producing that outline from start to finish, you can never run out of what to write about. Cause you have the out, you have the, the vehicle there. It's there. You just gotta, you gotta fill it in. And then mm. you're like, Ooh, this is another book. Okay. Write that down. <laughs> See? Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this exchange, this exchange, Jacqueline is just really even more proof, you know, to what you said of why you need, you know, to surround yourself with, you know, authors, authors need authors, writers need writers, yeah. just like the millionaires need millionaires is because, right you you can't expect for yourself to know it all or to think it all and to have these these um epiphanies to just kind of randomly come right. without you know exchanging that energy with other authors you know i, I would have i don't think i would have ever and if i did it might have took me some years to even even think that you could write continuations just from the chapters in in your book and and that's that's amazing so i want our listen our, i want our listeners to kind of really tap into that part and yeah. you know whether they're thinking about writing you know becoming an author or what 
just right. really hone in on the the community and surrounding right. themselves around people that are already doing and successful right. at you know or striving towards doing right. what they're doing so ideas can just be bounced off of each there other uh and things like that so i, I appreciate you sharing those several nuggets Sure. And um, you, you mentioned the word evolving. Mm-hmm. How do you see yourself now evolving as an author from when you first got started to, to now? Oh, wow. Uh, I've grown tremendously. My first book was a nonfiction book um, mm-hmm. and it, it did OK. It did OK. I did get uh, more downloads from it because I started out with it for free. And, and the way I promote it around it, you know, um, that's what helped me, but the evolving, uh, never stops because I'm always studying. I'm always reading. Um, I'm always, I mean, I always have a book somewhere. I, I mean, my poor phone, I've had to increase my iCloud storage because I take so many notes, you know, <laughs> uh, just from what I'm reading, um, from ideas that come, um, but I can tell the growth and I'm going to be straight up with you because of the way my sales have increased and my, my backlist has increased. I mean, <laughs> and it just, you want more, you don't want to stop. Mm, mm, just kind of just that craving, craving of more. Yep. Mm, that, that, that's a great point. And as you mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. with, with more comes more experience. Yes. How, like, how are you now intentionally like, or keeping your mind open and receptive to opportunities that you can get experience, whether it's traveling more, you know, going to new types of events, mm-hmm. don't going to new cities and maybe living in a new city for some time. Well, like, how are you intentionally like creating experiences for yourself to say the least? I love that question because when I, in my early days, I remember we talked about that support, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. really have much. Um, I had, I started out with just three mentors. I mean, literally, and I did not want to hear anyone else's voice because listening to too many people, you know, you can get sucked into that current. It's that current entrepreneurship current and writing current is real. You know, you could just get sucked in and next thing you know, you, you opting into all these different emails and, you know, I mean, I had to open up a separate email account just to get, <laughs> you know, what they send out, you know, because that's what I was doing. I found myself doing that. And then I said, wait, I got to stop this because I'm, I'm going crazy. And so I stuck with just three mentors from there. I listened to who they trusted because I trusted them. And that's how I expanded myself, right? But then um, I, I moved from uh, North Carolina here to Texas because of more opportunity. Texas is a very booming city for business. Um, and then from there, I met people, you know, and I met more people. And that's how my network expanded. And um, as far as events, that's my next level to evolve to. I want to start showing my faces at events, events mm-hmm. that I feel are trustworthy and I'm going to grow because I don't want to go anywhere where I'm not going to grow. I don't want that. So yes, I'm the type, you know, um, if I had to move again to get more, I would, I would do it. I would do it. <laughs> and and how, how would you go about identifying what events 
you would grow and learn from versus the ones that don't because i mean mm-hmm. if we because events are a little bit more tricky because you can judge yeah. an event by the title and yes. it could seem like something that you 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 can get value from is right. is it just kind of going out on that whim or or mm-hmm. how would you kind of vet out the events that work for you versus the events that won't work for you sure so the event owner i want to know his or her story and i want to see how how authentic he or she mm-hmm. is and then I want to hear how many people they've helped. You know, yeah. uh, I'm saying I look for all of that. And I'm not just talking about people that have been with them for years. I want to look at current stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. How has this person helped you? You know, what's your story? And I, I go research like everyone else, like people that hear my name on your podcast, they're going to go research me and they should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I do more research. I go beyond that and uh if it resonates with me that's the key if it doesn't resonate i'm not making a move yeah if it don't apply let it slide (laughs) we we often don't don't really ask ourselves that question does this apply to me or or not right exactly and i'm not gonna waste my time if it doesn't apply to me because we don't have time to waste Mm -mm, mm -mm. time time is time is our most purest purest currency that we that we ever have and i think a lot of times we look at money as the true currency when it's really our time. It's our time. That's right. That's and, right. And speaking of, you know, time for the the people that are that are listening mm-hmm. and they're like, wow, I, I'm really loving this this content. I I'm, I really do like writing, um, but they may think that they don't have the time, nor do they want to invest the time into writing a book. What are some other ways that like writers, you know, can can you know tap into their passion of writing in other ways outside of writing a book always model people that you trust and this goes to uh people at very high-end levels and let's be frank a lot of them don't have time to write their books so they outsource Mm. that's fact Mm -hmm. they outsource it's still their idea um it's still their intellectual property. They outsource. If you don't, if you do have the time, take your time to write it. It may take you three years, but write it yourself. But there's no harm in outsourcing your idea or your book. Um, and don't be opposed to that. Don't be opposed to it. Hmm. I'm being honest. Don't be opposed because you don't have the time. And that becomes more stress. You know what I mean? Um, and people don't like to talk about outsourcing a book, but authors do it all of the time. They do it. These multi-millionaires, um, multi-tiered um, entrepreneurs that have um, different uh, positions that they are they're CEOs of different companies. They don't have the time, so they have to outsource it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So pretty much, if your if your only excuse is time, yeah, consider consider that. Um, yep. But let's just say it's that time isn't really excuses. More like passion. Would you? Say that, you know, doing things like writing on Upwork and, you know, helping people write ads and other content. Is that uh, from your experience? Do you see that also as monetizable as writing a book as a book? Or do you think that really the book is the the best way to go? Uh, The book helps you to establish your authority and you will make Mm. sales for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, Writing content. That's that content question. Yes, you can still make a living just from content writing. People need content. And um, even through blogging, you can make money as a blogger, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, writing ads, writing blogs for people, 
writing blogs for companies. Yes, absolutely. Go on Upwork and make it work. You're going to have to gotta sell yourself. Yeah. And also the time piece. I, I'm, I just asking that question out loud made me think mm-hmm. of, and when you even mentioned the book kind of pays you for life. Now we go into the difference between passive and linear income. It's like now, do you want to always be writing content or do you want to kind of write content one time? One time, and just right. Focus on, or how many, however many times, however many books you write, right? One right. book you write at one time and, mm-hmm. you know, that book can pay you where if you're writing content for other people, you have mm-hmm. to, one, always rely on getting more people. Right. But every new person is also every new hour, two hours, day, That's weeks, right. months that you're spending That's writing right. that content. Exactly. <laughs> okay. That is very, I'm glad that we have that exchange again. Cause now I'm like thinking, and it's like, it's just bringing awareness to certain things. Sure. Um, if I could pay a penny for your thoughts, Jacqueline, what would you say three steps, the three steps to writing impactful content? The mm-hmm. first three steps uh, would be to writing in- impactful content. Impactful content, definitely uh, research your market, mm-hmm. develop categories, especially if we're talking specifically about blogging. You want to develop categories according to your market. A category could be self-development. Another category could be writing. Um, another category could be um, pop culture. It depends on what direction you want to go in, but you definitely always go with your market, develop your categories and last but not least i challenge everybody to do a 30 day 60 day or 90 day challenge writing over 800 words and make sure it's uh search engine optimized mm. so 800 words per day or more so 800 words or more per day and yeah. when you say search in engine optimized for our less tech tech savvy what does that mean SEO, it means that when uh, people go to search for those keywords, SEO is nothing but keywords or keyword phrases. Mm -hmm. Uh, When they go to search for it in Google, you'll pop up. Mm. You'll pop up. You'll pop up in Google because of what they're searching for. And the more content your website has, the more Google will reach. I call them little spiders. They'll take the little spiders and reach into the back end of your website and pull your information and put you at the top. Mm. So it sounds like you're saying, and this is what I, this is, I could be wrong. It sounds like you're saying do a 30, 60 or 90 day challenge to where you are blogging. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, so start blogging. And uh-huh. um, if, if this is, so if we're doing this challenge, what, what do you think would be like the best place to do it? Like, are, are there any recommended sites for, you know, doing that challenge? Uh, What would you recommend? I recommend your website because you want your website's uh, DA, which is your domain authority. You want it to be pretty decent so that Mm -hmm. your website pops up um, right on that first page under its keywords. And if your website is not optimized, you need to optimize your website with keywords. Mm. Uh Okay. That makes sense. So do it on your website. And uh-huh. I'm pretty sure all of our websites have some type of blog optimization where you yeah. can write a blog and do yeah. all that optimization. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you okay. want to share it out, you can definitely share it with Medium and you will not get penalized. Google mm. will accept you um, putting your blog on your site as well as Medium without being penalized. 
And Medium is like a uh, distribution platform. Uh, actually, it's another spot for millennials, believe it or not. And uh, it's very, it's thriving. It really, it's grown a lot. And mm. they actually pay for some of your content as well. Um, oh. But it, they have a lot of readers. I mean, a lot of readers. And so you can help grow organically. And um, here's a trick you can do. You can put the blog on your site first then copy and paste a portion of it on Medium after you can grow your Medium page, but then put a, con- a continue reading link there to drive that traffic mm. back to your website. Yeah, that's very smart. And you said, so you said, you, but you recommend that after you build out the Medium page. Oh, you can start. I would start right away because, you know, once you put your keywords in Medium, it's going to start growing. People, they'll, they'll push the content. You know, you'll start getting readers from it. I mean, I started on Medium. You'll see I have a few articles up there and then um, I stopped, you know, um, but Medium is not dead. It has grown tremendously. And then you can also opt into Medium for uh, writing for other publications that are there. And that's going to push you. Mm. It's push your name. That's going to push your content. That's going to push your book, whatever you're doing. Because, you know, you can also throw your book in your blog to sell it. You know, now, now you mentioned having you mentioned having three full time jobs and for our <laughs> millionaires that are listening, you know, side side hustles yeah. is abundant nowadays where people probably have so many jobs and side hustles that they're doing. How what worked for you to slow down time to be able to fit a 30 to 60 or 90 day challenge like that in your in your daily schedule? That's a great question. I did my challenge uh, three, four years ago Um, when my husband was alive. Mm -hmm. I was able to take a break from teaching. And during that break, I took a two-year break. And I was able to really push and write content. I was able to do my courses. I was just able to do my thing. And I I made money that way as well. Um, What put me back into education was because of the illness of my husband, you know, mm-hmm. uh, being a supportive and a good wife. I knew I, I, I had, we had to pull in more. We had to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then from there, the educational doors just opened up for me in less than 60 days, you know? <laughs> uh, so uh, I continued to grow in that realm. And I said, wow, well, I, I guess I got to stick with the kids a little bit more, but um, I had that nice time, quiet time to just really develop content really develop content and uh it's still thriving to this very day that 90 day challenge has really put me on a lot of first pages for google a wow. lot of pages wow that is a brilliant idea and uh, uh, another gem you just you just sharing so many gems <laughs> i can't even i can't even like put it in the words for you to even <laughs> truly know how appreciative not only sure. am I am, but I, I know our millionaires are going to be, you know, appreciative of this as well. And sure. what, man, it's like, now I know I have to go back at my morning routine and, mm-hmm. and move some things around so I right. can, so I can take this serious. Cause it is something that, you know, just being disciplined in anything for 90 days right. is right. going to help you see massive oh. results. Yeah, it was so, hard, but I did it. I did a thousand words. So mm. multiply a thousand times 90. I wrote 90,000 words. 90,000 words that are SEO. So, so just like optimized for Google search engines where right. 
that's that's 90,000 chances for people to stumble on your page. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the more I did it, the stronger I got. And I even wrote a mm-hmm. blog on that experience. My downfall was not preparing my content beforehand. I was coming up with the content each day. I didn't prepare a calendar. That that was my downfall. So mm-hmm. when I do it again, because I plan to do it again, I don't know when, but when I do it again, I'm going for my calendar first. I'm, I'm going to develop a calendar around my content. Uh, so I was going to, I was going to ask you that is like, is it better to kind of go with the flow kind of wake mm-hmm. up in the, in the morning and when, wherever you start writing, it's like, okay, what am I feeling right now? And write right. it like that. Or you're saying the content calendar would definitely be helpful. Uh, yeah. Because you want to write according to your market and then you right. got to research what articles and blogs are performing the best. You know, mm. so if someone did um, five popular or five, the five top cars that billionaires drive and, you know, I would change that from five to maybe eight or 10, mm. you know, and then that would put me above that person with the five top, especially if I wrote 1200 words, 1500 words, because Google loves long form content. Mm. Think about it. When you go to a website now and you, and you see a blog or an article and they have like the little, I call it like a little index at the top and they let you click on it so you can get right to that point of the article. That's because that article is like 3000 words, 2,500 words, 3000 words or more. Mm. And they're staying on that first page longer. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Man, and yeah. I want to I want to really highlight something that because what we're talking about is, is we're now transitioning outside of you know marketing for you know book as like as a as an author you know right. anyone who you know feels as though they're a strong enough writer or they just enjoy writing and writing brings them some type of meditative peace. Right. This ninety day challenge, Jacqueline, that you're talking, I really think that this is a good idea for anyone to try who's trying to push any brand or any business out there right just kind of using their their downtime to write especially if you enjoy it and it doesn't seem like something like pulling teeth or you don't if you don't enjoy writing you don't enjoy writing so you're right if this don't resonate with you that's right but 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 i got a a caveat for you for you Mm -hmm. ready if you do a 90-day challenge a thousand words that's ninety thousand words you have a book if you do it the right way. If you do it the right way. My first book came from my 90 day challenge. My very first book. I'm biting my knuckles right now. <laughs> I, just like, I just like now wanted to just. Right. And this is uh, why I'm putting emphasis on having a content calendar and researching your market. And you notice I talked about categories. You asked me three things. Mm-hmm. The categories will help you. Because from that, you can take from one category and write, those are books. Each category for your blog, it's organizing your thoughts. It's organizing your content. Those are books. Mm. They are. Your 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 podcasts are books. Your podcast, have a transcript, get a drink, you know, submit them for transcript. Someone told me that and I was just like... Yeah, hire hire an editor. Yeah, because it's content. That it is, 
and 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 I do ha- have a level of preparation where it's like it's like I have like little slides and like okay. notes and I bullet so it's like it's it's all organized. I have a content calendar for the podcast, and See? I'm just already thinking about copy and pasting that one and just making it for a blog. And, and you can, mm-hmm. and you can, and and at and at, at the top and at the bottom, you say take a listen to today's episode. So you're reaching your audience in three different ways through audio visual right and then by promoting mm. <laughs> wow mm-hmm. you I, you have done an amazing job of making me feel like <laughs> i have a lot of work to do <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> right. but uh, in all seriousness how, how um how can one feel a little bit less overwhelmed with not just the process of writing but the process of of publishing especially as i mentioned we have a lot of you know, nine to fivers, a lot of side hustles out there. How can we make this process in general feel a little bit less overwhelming? Right. Uh, Set your goals and definitely rely on a planner or a calendar. Like Mm. I'm serious because each day you can, you can work on something each day. You can say, I did this day one, day two, I did this day three. I'm, I'm working on these three things. I mean, and there is a lot to consider with uh, self-publishing, because now you got to think about promotion. You know, you don't want to wait till the book drops to start promoting. You want to start promoting before that. And you need a promotion calendar. I'm really serious. Calendars help to organize you perfectly. And uh, I, that's one way I evolved. Because I didn't use calendars at first. Everything and, goes on my calendar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I learned the hard way. You know, honey, mm-hmm. when you get overwhelmed, then you start, you know, be like, "Oh my God, I'm about to. This is driving me crazy." Yeah, you you have to, and the more you grow, you have to become organized. You have to. Mm-hmm. Calendar, I'm telling you, get a get, ladies, fellas, bottom pet planners, or use your phone. Use a, a Google Calendar. Use uh, the calendar on your phone for notes or, mm-hmm. you know, to organize. I'm really serious. Write it down. If you don't write it down, it's not real. That's my mantra. If it's not mm-hmm. on the calendar, if it's not written down, it's nope. not real. Mm-mm. So that, that's really it. That's half the battle. That That's great advice. That's great advice. Well, Jacqueline, it, this, is, this has been nothing but uh, an absolute pleasure, you know, this conversation. And, and, and as we starting to wrap things up, we're not, we're not just done yet, but I do okay. want to kind of switch gears a little bit okay. and, and transition into our next uh, segment, which I like to call rapid fire. So okay. this is just five random questions. They have actually have nothing to do with what we've just been talking about. That's it's just fine. to kind of like reset. You mentioned resets. Yes. This is a uh, time for us to reset. And this episode, um, this segment is actually brought by Poddex. Um, it's just five random questions. Um, be brief, be brilliant, but most importantly, have fun. Okay. You got it. All right. All right. So would you rather have unlimited sushi for life or unlimited tacos for life? Tacos, unlimited tacos, unlimited tacos. We all love tacos. In fact, um, I'm not, uh, I'm not sure if you ever heard of this acronym because I was just talking about this. Like we love tacos and it's this (laughs) acronym for feedback. Okay. that I like to use and especially you in the education field okay um, yeah it's called, it's called tacos <laughs> and it stands for thanks acknowledge cause orient and support and it's Ooh. a great way of like giving constructive feedback especially yeah. for your teams and things yeah. like that so thank you I gotta use yeah. that 
Yeah, I, I love it because at first we were yeah. using, I'm in a sales background. So we used to use things like feedback sandwiches, like build, okay. break, build. And it's like, you start off with building them up, you break them down and you build them up. And it's like, <laughs> I started to see how ingenuine that can be because it's like, right. you just focusing so much on the break part that the the yeah. bread on the, on the outsides come off as ingenuine just because you're just trying to throw in some, right. you did this good. But tacos, it forces you to really be genuine and offer support and all that stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Number two is what would you do if you were invisible for a day? I would stand behind the shoulders of my top best-selling authors to see how Mm. they do it. I Mm. would. I would. That's a that's a good day. That's a I, that's yeah, a for what? Yes. Fightful day. <laughs> yes, I would. I would. This, this one is super random, but I like this question. Is a hot dog a sandwich? And why? Oh Jesus. That's not a trick question, is it? I don't think it's a trick question, but I, I think it's a, I, that's a question I want to know the answer to. I'm gonna lean with yes because of the bread and then the meat in between. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm gonna call it a sandwich. I'm gonna call it a hot dog sandwich. But, but but think about it. Back in the day, if we didn't have hot dog buns, we made the bread. You just fold it right out. over the hot. There, there it is. There. It's a sandwich. Okay, there hot dogs are now classified as a sandwich. That's right. Number four. Number four. What is the weirdest tradition your family has? Oh, um. I mean, hold on. The weirdest tradition. What's weird? Okay. Um, no, but it's not weird. It's more fun. Fun could my be mom, weird. My, my, like my mom, you know how like a person when they're in the, when they're in the kitchen cooking, mm-hmm. it's natural when you're listening to music and you sing. Mm-hmm. Right? My mother would just randomly sing when she's not cooking and then Mm. in the middle of the song so we're like it's what you know oh (laughs) it would be like the the middle of the song not the beginning yeah not the beginning so we don't know if she's already singing it in her mind you know what I mean or (laughs) because we're like okay you're not cooking you're not cutting up onions you're not you know that's yeah I, that's it that is a tradition because that every every holiday we get together that's what she does yeah mm. okay i love yeah. it i love it so, well yeah. singing does bring a lot of it, it could be bringing out memories just uh-huh. laughter in general so that's <laughs> right. a that's a great that's a great tradition and then <laughs> the last one is what is something that people are obsessed with but you just don't get the point of um Why do these questions feel hard to me? <laughs> um, things that people are obsessed with and I just don't get the point of. Can we talk about some music? I know we got like different tastes in music. Uh, I, I, we can talk about the music. But but I don't understand how some artists make it to, to, to the radio. And they, they, they did what we talking about today. They did market research. But, but, and they, <laughs> up and i'm like really i that's all i gotta do is write a song like that and yeah Mm. that yeah i don't get that what i'm what i'm learning now is um not it with with music Mm -hmm. for the longest time we've just associated music with the words 
as the tantalizing that 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 feeling that we get but yeah. it's so much more than words and that right. we that we don't that we didn't understand it's like now these artists are really good at making you feel a certain way without you even yeah. knowing That's what true. is going on like what they even That's talking true. about it's like the beat the 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 hymns everything right. makes you feel a certain way and some of it makes you feel like <laughs> like some of the music that I listen to <laughs> it, it like it makes me like in times where I'm feeling a little bit like down uh-huh. I listen to certain music and it just make me feel like big and bad like right. it's just okay, like right. it's meant to make yeah. you sound like that and you, you yeah, don't even know what they're saying sometimes okay. a lot of these rappers no. do be mumbling <laughs> now you done said something like right that could be a yeah. whole other hour right there because yeah. I've had to ask my students can you interpret this I, what are they saying I don't know what they're saying you're right they don't know they don't know what they're saying <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what they're saying right. like I look at the lyrics and I think they just you just threw that lyric in there that's not what you said <laughs> right <Exactly. laughs> that's not what you said but oh my god that is that that was a, a nice five you you survived the rapid fire jack and I, I, I appreciate okay, you for being for for being you for being yourself and um as we as we closing off today's conversation um i gotta say again it's just been a pleasure having this talk with you i I love how you know vulnerable you've been how organic the conversation has been and i just got to show my appreciation um with this first closing question i I like to do this with our, our guests and that's having you give us a red pill blue pill scenario and what I'll do with it, while you're thinking of what it is, uh, I'm actually going to put it in our Facebook group in the poll for our um, our millionaires to go vote on in the, in the mastermind. They'll okay. vote which which one which pill they'll take, the red pill or blue pill. And okay. for our listeners that join us on Spotify, they'll also be able to you know you know vote as well. But if you can give us a red pill blue pill scenario, what does it look like? Which what you giving us? Oh, uh. Okay, are these questions or are these directives or are these? It could be a question. It could be a directive. It could, you know, I'll give you an example. So one guest asked um, a question. She said, would you rather have, and this one was directed to the lady. She said, would you rather have a partner that treated you poorly, but had a lot of money or a partner that had no money, but, you know, made you feel amazing? Gotcha. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Um, so this is like the matrix, huh? Yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah, I love Neo, the matrix. Neo, you got to take the red or blue. <laughs> yeah, we're we're Neo. We got to take the red pill or the blue pill. Which one? Okay. Which would make the decision hard for us? All right. Um, red pill. Uh, if you had to become a millionaire all over again, how would you do it? Mm. How would you? Okay. Do it? Okay. So that's the red pill. What's the blue that's pill? The okay. The blue pill is, would you, no, the blue pill is, would you still drive your hoopty from back in the day and like, you know, uh, really bring it up to speed or like more current mm-hmm. or would you still opt in for the Mercedes? Mm. here's why so, you ever see that movie just right remember he took yeah. her car mm-hmm. and he really like you know she was like what you left the dimple you know <laughs> she, mm-hmm. you know he really like did it up for her because she was really attached to that car w- warren buffett 
the billionaire has been driving his same, I think it's, it's a Cadillac mm. for years. Billionaire. He still lives in the same house he bought. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I, I think nowadays with social media, it's, it's harder for people to have that lifestyle, right? It's like we yeah. want we want new because we just see we see new. Let's it's see, everything yeah. that we see is new. Right. Okay. I, I like that. I, I, I so I'm a I'm going to make it very clear for the millionaires who are listening. So it sounds like your red pill and the blue pill. So red pill is like you. Um, well, what if we're not? What if we're not millionaires yet? Okay. How we, how we start over? How okay? What if you're at ninety thousand or fifty thousand more than you've ever made? Pretty you much know? just starting over, reset. Reset, right? How okay. would you do it? How would you get back to that number? Okay, so red pill reset from where you currently are, right? And blue pill, um, pretty much drive the same. Drive your first car. Right. Can we put a timestamp on it? Like you drive your first car for the next 50 years or something like that? Sure. I mean, some people were attached. What was your first car? So my first car was a 2002 Nissan Altima manual transmission. Did you like that car? Were you attached to it? I love that car because I learned how it was my first car and I was the only person that knew how to drive a manual transmission. See? And so if you, if you like, wanted to would you would you get her again or buy buy her again just to have it and say hey that was my very first car right there nah (laughs) really why not (laughs) Nah, i mean because like i would so if i if i could Mm -hmm. because the car is the car is total so if i if i could i would definitely you know wish go back and not have totaled it Okay. So that I could have like stopped driving it and just kind of just have it and sure. maybe teach my kids and use that as the, I'm going to teach you how to drive a manual transmission car. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I would do that, but I wouldn't necessarily go. want to just keep driving it. Keep driving it. Okay. But yeah. so you put 50 years on my blue pill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause I knew that was going to be a punishment. <laughs> okay. You got it. You got it. You got it. No. <laughs> yeah no well okay so what, what would you say all right so red pill was the um read the reset and then blue pill is drive your first car and i mean what, what, what time frame would you put on it maybe i don't know what car would last 50 years so let's yeah, do nah. uh, maybe let's do 15 years 15 years okay there we go yeah, yeah i don't know too many cars that would last 50 years <laughs> I, I, because even with those those classic cars, they mm-hmm. they had. I'm pretty sure they needed new engines, new everything. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. There we go. Well, millionaires, you just heard it. We got the red pill, blue pill. Red pill is the reset. Start from zero. You know, start back to zero wherever you are now. Starting over, and then blue pill is drive your first car and only your first car for the next 15 years. Which one y'all taking? <laughs> All right, there we have it. What advice, you know, you, you're um you're this is a good one. So you're in um you're in you're in the school environment and you happen to run into uh an 18-year-old reflection of yourself. What advice would you give 18-year-old Jacqueline? Um eighteen. Honestly, learn about the stock market. Learn about trading. 
Mm. Invest in your IRA. Mm. Because by the time you get in your 40s, you can really be financially set. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. That's all great advice. And I'm still, I'm still um tiptoeing and, and procrastinating in all in all three of those gotcha. those things right now. <laughs> gotcha. I got you. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. you got me. So yeah. there we have it. That that's great advice, Jacqueline. I, I appreciate you know your time, your your energy, and just you sharing with us um, you know, all the moments that kind of made you who you are, you. uh, and just being yourself. Now I want to you know, give you the space to really share, you know, and plug, you know, plug yourself in where we can find you, uh, any projects you're super excited about, um, you know, really now is the time to tell us a little bit more about how we can connect with you further. Sure. Um, Well, I'm on Facebook as Jacqueline T. Hill, writer, a writer at the end. And then I'm on um, Instagram as Jacqueline T. Hill. Um, I'm on TikTok as Jacqueline T. Hill, writer. And I'm on LinkedIn as Jacqueline T. Hill. Um, I have two websites, JacquelineTHill.com. And then I have the living X, A-C-T-S.com. Um, and you can always instant message me on Instagram. I'm very personable. Um, if you have any questions, definitely reach me there. I love answering questions, you know, however, mm-hmm. however I can help in that regard. Um, and I just would like to connect with more people. See, there I am being vulnerable. <laughs> I would like to, you know, make more connections and um, network more. I, I'm, I want to do that on social media more. I love so. it. I love it. Well, well, thanks so much for, for sharing with us, Jacqueline. I, I'm super excited to kind of see, you know, where, where not only this episode takes us, but our new connection as well. I would sure, love absolutely. to stay connected with you. I'm and, all um, for it. <laughs> I, I'm all for it too. So, yes, uh, and, you know, for our millionaires that are listening, I got to, you know, give that thanks to you all as well, because, you know, right. you all who tune in week in, week out, and you tell me, you know, what you love, what you can't wait to hear from, you know, you guys are also a part of the reason why, you know, Jacqueline is joining us and that we were able to have this amazing conversation. So I want to thank you all in advance for becoming a change agent that you're bound to become, especially if you start to apply some of the gems that Jacqueline gave. Like what <laughs> the, the 90 day challenge? Just know you're going to hear me in one episode giving you all the tea on how that 90 day challenge is going for me very soon. Um, So if after tapping in with us, you really resonated with the writing, the process of writing, the, the, the endless opportunities and the abundance of what you can do with, you know, your passions and skills in writing, I definitely want to, to, to encourage you all to go ahead and follow Jacqueline and engage. As she mentioned, she loves to connect. So if you are, you know, resonating with us, definitely go connect with her, see how, you know, you can plug yourself in and and become a better writer. Um, Learn a little bit about her mistakes, learn a lot lot about the mistakes that we shared today and and really just put yourself in the situation to succeed and and, and to win. So um, with that being the case, Jacqueline, um, go ahead and shout out your, your, you said the Instagram is where you're, you're very personable. If you could shout out that Instagram one more time for our millionaires so that it could be fresh on their mind. Absolutely. Jacqueline T dot hill jacqueline t dot hill there it is there it is well i'm your guy kai speaks and you just heard from jacqueline t hill on creative ways to become a versatile uh content writer just remember to keep focused build momentum and drive results so you can live abundantly
All right, millionaires, got some quick and exciting news for you all. I said I was going to make it happen, and it is officially here. We are now on YouTube, which means that video content is fully accessible to you all. Full episodes are going to be dropped and updated every Monday and Friday. Same cadence that you're already used to. So make sure you head on over to our official YouTube channel. Like and subscribe. Show all the love that you can and let that algorithm do its thing. Continue to put that content in front of you. But all right, got to go. Love y'all.